Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, on today's episode we have Francesca from Founders. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Francesca Jasinski. I'm the communications manager at Founders Brewing Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. So we had Francesca come and speak with us at our PRSSA meeting, and it was the kickoff meeting, and everybody was really, really excited about beer Mm -hmm. and public relations and the communications aspects of Founders and what you do. So how did you get started with Founders? So I I got started with Founders... um, just over or close to 11 years ago. Okay. I it was located in the Brassworks building downtown Grand Rapids. Okay. So on Monroe right by the river. Sure. You probably okay. recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. the building. But at the time it was uh, one of the few breweries in town or even in the area. Okay. And I had friends. I was at, attending Grand Valley and I had friends that would go there they're like this is the best bar you have to go here. So I started going and I loved it. And shortly after I graduated, maybe a year or so after, I was working odd jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to try to go for a serving position here. And so I did, and I got it, even though they were so hard to get because <laughs> there's like eight people that work there and nobody ever left. Um, but I got the job, and yeah, the rest is history. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that a lot of public relations professionals and communications professionals had bartending and serving jobs, and they feel like that oh. really helped them. It's it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. A lot of the professionals that I've met have started out with those types of jobs. I could see that. Like building their communication skills that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you're hosting a party mm-hmm. every night, right? Yeah. And it's, you have to talk to a wide variety of people. Yeah about you have to read people really quickly too that's so you have to know like what jokes are okay Mm -hmm. and you have to do that very quick so it's like you have to establish a rapport okay this person clearly doesn't want to talk a lot Mm -hmm. I'll note that and keep my distance or this person has a lot to talk about so you know I'll engage them and do this and that but it's it really comes down to like being a good party host yeah definitely like you have someone in your house and yeah. How do you make them feel comfortable? And you have to represent your brand, yes. too, when you're working for a company. So, Brewed For Us. Can yes. you explain what Brewed For Us is? I can. I can't. I'll do my best. Okay. It's uh, So, Brewed For Us is our motto. Um, we adopted it um, officially probably 10 years ago, 8 years ago, maybe. Okay. Uh, but unofficially, it was adopted a couple years after we opened. Um, We opened in 1997 and we started out brewing beers we thought people wanted to drink. Mm -hmm. So very, um, very lackluster flavorless beers, I would say. Typical beer. Typical beer. (laughs) And because our co-founders, they didn't, they were afraid if they brewed what they wanted to drink, people would be, it would be too much. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be, um, they would be offended or I don't know. So they, they brew the beers they were turning out just were lackluster. They didn't stand out at all. So they were losing a lot of money very quickly and brewing's very expensive to do. It's, okay. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> so if you're not ma- like turning that around, you're yeah. losing money. 
so they were losing money for a, a few years. Um, a couple years in, they were, they were like, well, we have nothing left to lose. We literally have, you know, maxed out every credit card. We're not making any money. This is not going well. They were facing bankruptcy. So in a last-ditch effort, they said, let's, you know, let's hold nothing back and start brewing the beers we want to drink. Mm-hmm. And they hired a new brewer who was super experimental for the time. He created incredible recipes. He was a home brewer. He was he didn't really come from a lot of oh, professional experience. Okay. Um, and he, with our current brewmaster Jeremy, they they created just incredible beers that were like full of flavor, very well balanced. They're beers we still have on today that we still package today. Okay. Like uh, breakfast out, Red's Rye. Centennial IPA, Dirty Bastard was really the big one that kind of Mm -hmm. broke us out. Um, And uh, the rest is history. It was uh, received really well. And finally, like, people started paying attention. Yeah. And we we started selling beer. So (laughs) that's where Brewed for Us came from. Okay. (laughs) So Grand Rapids is referred to as Beer City. Um, How is Founders played a role in that yeah so what's interesting i remember when the beer city like competition happened Uh um i think it was like six or seven years ago maybe but there was a poll for oh what's beer city usa and Asheville, north carolina had been like the leader always and i think they were yeah they were the reigning champion and little grand rapids came through and took it from them wow and then we took it again the next year and then they stopped doing this poll. So it just became a Grand thing. Rapids. So it's like done with Grand <laughs> Rapids. Uh, but that said, you know, I think regardless of the poll, we have always been, the, the past 10 years especially, Grand Rapids has seen such an uptick in breweries and really, really quality breweries. Yeah, definitely. And we're proud to, you know, have been one of the first in the city to to establish ourselves and sort of contribute to the the beer culture that has since you know just grown and exploded really yeah i mean it's incredible to see but yeah we're we're really proud to be part of it and you know a lot of people do say we were you know the first ones Mm -hmm. the biggest ones to put our to put that stake in the ground but um we definitely couldn't be Beer City with just founders. True. It was a lot of yeah, a lot, a lot, of a lot went into it. Yeah. How do you keep up with the competition, or how do you have your own place? I guess everybody's own specialty. Um, so we so it is tricky, especially as more and more breweries are opening, to make sure our brand identity is very strong mm-hmm. and consistent to who we are. And a lot of it does come down to that brewed for us mentality, right? Okay. So we do lean back on that a lot. And we think about when we're communicating, we think about like, would our, you know, would our co-founder Mike say this? Would our co-founder Dave say this? Would okay. our brewmaster say this? Trying to keep it all like the same voice, the same style. Yes. Okay. And just like, is this something that represents who we are? Is it get strained too far away? So mm-hmm. really for us, it's that consistency and making sure people, you know, when they reach for a founders, it's what they expect it to be. Yeah. It has the same look and feel and that they're makes reading sense. the same words. So 
How do you keep your social media aligned with the identity that Founders has created? It's the same thing. So when we're responding, you know, we try to think about like, how would Mike respond to this? Mm -hmm. How would Dave respond to this? And, uh, you know, there are certain words we can't use on social media that they would probably use. (laughs) But outside of that, we try to get their attitude. Yeah. And it's, it is very much like, we're lucky to have two co-founders that are such identities and they really kind of and they, they're still so involved. So for us, it's easy because we talk to them mm-hmm. daily. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's what we try to fall back on. We did, like, kind of pin it down. Like, okay, our tone is confident but not overly confident. Yeah. It's, you know, we we joke, but we're not doing it in a way that's, like, deprecating yeah, to people. Sure. We're not trying to insult people, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're witty, but not, like, overly so. Yeah, like there's a balance for everything. Yes. Yeah. What about the pictures that you use on your social media? Um, so those are, we have a really great in-house team mm-hmm. that uh, executes all of our content. Okay. Um, they, you know, we, we have planning meetings every week um, to talk about our social content and what we want to you know, what brands are available, mm-hmm. what events we have coming up, what okay. stories we want to tell that haven't been told. Sure. And then uh, we, as a team, come up with the concept and our photographers will go get the photo. Cool. It's so great. And then we also use uh, UGC, which is user-generated content. Sure, yeah. Um, especially like- when we have, like, I mean, we'll have, like, just the coolest stuff come through that is delightful and we're we're like we have to use this it's beautiful taking pictures of their beer and yeah some fun stuff like someone just we're gonna share this i think tomorrow um they took solid gold and they baked a cake that looks like a beer they took solid gold and put it um so so it looks like it's floating above the beer cake and they like positioned it with the i don't know some sort of stick but it looks like they put icing around the stick, so it looks like foam. Oh, So, like, cool. the beer is being poured into a cake. It's amazing. Oh, wow. So our fans are we, – we're very lot. fortunate, yes. How do your fans and consumers play a role in your social media Oh man, on that's a day-to-day like, basis? That's, like, everything. It's it, – we're very, very much, you know, th- our fans are where it's at. Like, this is – we're there to engage with mm-hmm. them. We're there to, we're there to entertain them and, and talk build about those beer. relationships. Yeah, they're the ones going out talking about our beer, telling their friends about our beer, and the more we can forge that relationship and sure. really like strengthen it on our end, then we're going to do that. So we respond a, like a lot, a lot, a lot. You look at other breweries; they're nowhere near the level of engagement that Mm -hmm. we are just because we're so active and we make it a priority yeah like we interact with everybody that's good Mm -hmm. do you think I know some people would worry like am I responding too much am I commenting back too much but do you think there is a too much you know as long as you're not getting like as long as it's not becoming fake you know like we that's another thing which is it can be exhausting and that's why it is such a big job but it requires 
you know, the responder to be knowledgeable, mm-hmm. to be genuinely interested, and to have things to say that don't sound repetitive yeah. or overly so. But, I mean, we're not going to comment on every person that's t- just tagging a friend. Sure. But if people are saying things, Giving you, know, you a comment yes. or asking a question or yeah. something. Okay. And then we see it kind of evolve into, you know, we'll respond to somebody and then other people will respond to mm-hmm. us and then it becomes a conversation. That's cool. It's the best. Beer fans are very communicative. They love talking about... About beer? Everything, yes. So speaking about beer fans and talking about beer, how do you go about writing up beer descriptions? So that's a, that's a fun part of my job. I really love doing it. It's very challenging, though, because I am limited by character mm-hmm. counts, which, as any writer could say, that's yep. very difficult. <laughs> like, don't put me in a box. <laughs> but it has to fit on a label at the end of the day. Um, so th- my process is this. Um, if it's a new product we're putting out, if I haven't had the beer, uh, I'll get with our brewmaster. Actually, I always start this way. Um I'll set up a meeting with our brewmaster. He and I will talk about the beer. He'll give me his tasting notes Mm -hmm. if we have the beer, which I would say it's 50-50 because it's often in development, so it's not even available. Uh, Then we'll taste it and talk about the tasting notes, talk about his inspiration for creating it, Mm -hmm. what went into the recipe. And then I'll take all my notes from that meeting, and I'll find, like, you know, okay, what speaks the most about this beer? Yeah. What's the most, like, interesting? And then I'll craft it into a founder's toned That sounds like so much fun. It is. It's challenging, though. I bet. Because you have to have, each one has to be unique. Mm-hmm. And each one has to have its own description. Yeah. Yep. And we yeah. create, they, they have to be under 400 characters, which is a challenge. Wow. That's hard. Uh if it were up to me, it'd be like an essay on the beer, <laughs> a 10-page essay. But, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, it usually comes down to, like, identifying, okay, what's the unique characteristic about this thing? Mm-hmm. What's the one or two unique characteristics? Yeah. What are the words that we would use typically to describe, to describe these it. things? And yep. the taste. Mm-hmm. And, and the the ingredients maybe yeah we try to avoid doing too many specific ingredients unless uh-huh. it's like a feature so like rubeus you're going to talk about um raspberries okay uh but we we don't want to do too many like oh it has you know these three different hops in it and mm-hmm. these five different types of malt right because if which we rarely do but occasionally we'll switch out an ingredient mm-hmm. Uh, which you won't notice, but then we have this description that has to be updated. Sure, so. that makes sense. Yeah, so you have to keep it mysterious but open enough that they know yeah. they can kind of think about what it could taste like and then potentially buy it. Exactly. So it has to be descriptive without being super specific, Yeah. which is a challenge. <laughs> and it has to kind of be a sa- like a sales, like this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is... Yeah, you don't yeah. want it to be too flowery because then people are like, okay, just tell me... Tell me what this beer is. That's one, like, a lot of breweries, they try to be very clever, which is, it works, especially, I mean, some, that's their brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, But consumers definitely just like being told, this is what I'm getting Mm -hmm. with this. 
So that's usually my goal is like, I want to educate them, but in a way that's well-written and founders. Cool. Yeah. What about naming the beer? Yeah. So naming the beer is, that's one of the hardest things we we do when developing (laughs) a product. Um, So we have a naming committee, which is comprised of uh, our graphic designer, who's been around for a long time, um, our project manager who has also been around for a long time our lawyer mm-hmm. for obvious reasons our <laughs> our uh, brewmaster our and our co-founders uh although rarely do both of them attend i feel like it's usually one or the other <laughs> or they'll just call okay um so that that if we're developing a new product or if a beer needs to be renamed for whatever reason uh, the committee will get together and they'll start naming, they'll start just brainstorming and put, you know, okay, this is what the beer is like. If, again, if they have um, the beer to sample, they'll mm-hmm. do that. Um, the brewer will contribute what he wants the name to focus on. Uh, and they'll create lanes from that. Like, okay, okay this one's kind of wacky. Like, or this is our, you know, free-for-all lane. Mm-hmm. This one is very specific to what the brewer wants, and this one's sort of in between. Okay. And then they'll try to fit Should names in those. figure out what's the best fit. Yep. Okay. And then everyone kind of has to come together on sure. one. But it's a process. That's a, they usually have, like, four meetings before a name is decided <laughs> on. Um... What is your communications goal? Can we talk about that? Yeah, we can. It's a, I would say overall, our goal is to tell the founder's story in an educational and compelling way. Sure. And a way that invites our fans in Mm -hmm. to engage with us. Um, So yeah, overall, that's, that's what our goal is. Specifically, you know, we do build goals that support our overall business goals. Mm -hmm. So those will often be like product related. You know, we're trying to grow all day IPA. Sure. As we will continue to do because it's our largest brand Mm -hmm. and has the most potential. Um, So we'll create communications goals that are in line with our overall business objectives too. Whether it's, okay, we want to, you know, pitch more women's magazine writers about this beer or host a contest on social media Mm -hmm. to, you know, talk about uh, how this beer is perfect for getting out and adventuring because it's not too strong. Um, We'll try to, you know, create these different tactics that all support that. And yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but it's super fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. One last question. Sure. Um, since Founders is a national brand, how do you get those media placements nationally? I know in mm-hmm. our meeting you said that beer and beverage media is based in New York. A lot of, yeah, that's one thing I've learned is a lot of beer and beverage media we work with are New York based or okay. East Coast at least. So um, how do you, how do you get yourself nationally recognized? Well, for us, a big part of that is our PR agency who is based in New York and mm-hmm. they they um have a lot of beverage industry relationships okay um so they're they're instrumental in helping us get in front of um media that we otherwise you know might have a struggle with Mm -hmm. um beer writers are generally if you sample them 
Like, if you send them beer, Mm -hmm. they will usually reciprocate. As long as you're not, like, overdoing it. Right. You know? Like, it has to be something new and exciting. So sampling is a tactic that really works. Yes. And beer media, like, yes. If you sample them, they will write about it. They'll post about it and write about it. That's cool. It's just so engaging. People love new products. They love pictures of it. And to be able to taste the beer and... Yeah talk about it themselves it's the best way i'm so fortunate that we have that as an option Mm because it's it's one thing to write about it it's another to actually give it to them to experience sure so yeah yeah for us that's a huge thing um but for like yeah for national media that's it takes a lot of persistence um and it, it for us a lot of it has we've been fortunate because we are a growing brewery Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of eyes on us right now we're not struggling to get our name out there as much as others so we definitely have a lot of things Mm -hmm. a lot of things come easier to us for that reason um so it's always for me it's like okay well what else can we do and that's like getting in front of the lifestyle editors Uh or women's magazine editors or just things outside of beer Mm -hmm. Um, that's where the challenge is. Kind of going above and trying to, yeah, we're here, but we can be here. Let's get exactly. There. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that is. That's it's challenging but fun. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for speaking with me about this. I think it's a super interesting topic. Do you have anything else you want to add? Or I don't think so. I think we covered. We did. Most we covered a lot. Thank you for, for sure. having me. This was yeah. great.